and some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God, the ones along the path are those who have heard, then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they, see, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the curse and riches and pleasures of life. And their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word of God, who hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a, on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care then how you hear, for to the one who has more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. Then his mother and his brothers came to him and they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he, told, and he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Grace. Well, we're, um, we're finishing off our, our series in Luke's Gospel this morning. We've been doing this since, when was it? Maybe the start of the year, the turn of the year there. Um, and we're going to be taking a break now over the summer. Uh, we're going to be uh, dipping into the Psalms to look at a few different Psalms over our summer. Um, and then um, starting in September, we're going to have our family trait series that we usually have, thinking about community. What does it mean to be a gospel-shaped community, which I'm really excited about looking at. Um, and then we're going to study the books of Ezra and Nehemiah in the autumn term before coming back to look in January next year. Um, so um, as we kind of come to the end of our kind of mini-series, if you want to put it like that, or uh, taking a break now. Um, we've been thinking deeply about who Jesus Christ really is, all that he is revealing about himself, all that he is doing. Luke has put this together so that we can have certainty about who Jesus is, that he is God's Messiah, that he has come to this earth to seek and to save the lost. Now, I have got two children two young girls, a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and there is a phrase that I find myself saying more and more in my home these days, and it is, are you listening? Are you listening? Did you hear what I said? 
over and over. I find myself saying that. And I, for a while, I wondered if Isla, our four-year-old, had a hearing problem. Maybe she had like glue ear or, you know, partially deaf or something. Because I would say to Jane, um, after I'd said about the fourth or fifth time for Isla to do something, I don't actually think she can hear me. And Jane would say, no, she can hear you. She's just not listening. See, it's not that Isla has a hearing problem. She's got two ears that work fine. We know that. It's that Isla has a problem with listening. She doesn't listen very well, like we often all do, like many of our children do. She often listens with deaf ears or distracted ears or ears that are unwilling to respond to what they have heard. It's terrible, isn't it, that pastor's children get dogged on in their sermons? Um, I always think that's terrible, and I'm doing it here now. But if we're being honest, we're all like this at times. I remember when I was teaching in primary school, uh, my class, when I was teaching, I used to have to say to them, do you have your listening ears on? Give me a, a thumbs up if you understand, because I needed to know that they really were listening. Because being a good listener... Is more than, a, than just hearing the words that come from someone's mouth. Being a good listener is about receiving those words and understanding those words and responding to those words. Receiving and understanding and responding to what we've heard. Now, Luke wants us to understand here in our passage just how important listening to Jesus and his word really is. That's why he gives us those two parables that we have in Luke chapter 8. Even God himself, he wants us to understand just how important listening to Jesus and his word really is. Because if you flick forward to Luke chapter 9, verse 35, after Jesus has had this transfiguration, an amazing moment, a voice from heaven speaks of Jesus and says this, this is my son whom I have chosen, listen to him. Listen. And you might think, well, why is listening to Jesus so vitally important? Well, Jesus has been explaining this to us as he's gone through the towns and villages, as he's been healing people and giving the blind their sight back and raising the lame back to being able to walk again and raising even people from the dead. He's been saying over and over again, you need to listen to my words. You need to understand who I really am because that's the only way you will experience salvation. The only way that you can be delivered from all the pain and the brokenness and the suffering of this world, the only way that we can have the hope of something better in life, life in all of its fullness, life even beyond the grave, the only way we can have all of that is if we listen to Jesus, understand what he says and respond to him in the right kind of way, trust in him. So the question for us this morning is, do you have ears to hear what Jesus is saying? Are you listening to him? This is probably the most famous of all the parables that Jesus told. And I was thinking that, first of all, it might be helpful for us to understand what parables really are and why Jesus decided to speak in parables, because he does it quite a lot in Luke's gospel, actually. Well, parables, they were this style of teaching that Jesus used in which he would talk about ordinary, everyday things but he would want to communicate some kind of spiritual or eternal meaning through those things. Some of the, the parables that Jesus taught about were things like farming. This one that we have here is about farming, a, a sower going out and sowing seed. One of them here is about hiding a light 
And Jesus is communicating something in these much, much deeper than what we just read at face value. Because both of these parables are really about what it means to listen to Jesus' word. Now, I always used to think that the parables were stories that Jesus told to make things easy for people to understand. But you see what he says in verse 9. Look down at it with me. Even his disciples, his closest followers, the, the people who've been following around, had almost the, the front, front seat uh, kind of view of what Jesus is doing. Even they don't understand what this parable means. And before he tells them what the parable means, he tells his disciples why he speaks in parables. What's happening? Look at, look at verse 10. To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. In other words, what Jesus is saying is parables act like a kind of filter. I heard someone use this helpful analogy before when talking about parables, and it's always stuck with me. They said, think of parables like automatic doors. The kind you might get in in big shopping centers, for example. Uh, Automatic doors, when you come up close to them, what happens? They open. But when you stay at a distance, they stay closed. When you come up close, they open, but when you stay at a distance, they stay closed. And some people, like the disciples, they don't quite understand the story. They don't quite understand what Jesus is saying, but they want to understand. So they turn to Jesus. They come up close to him. They ask for him to explain it to them. And as they ask him for help, as they draw near the doors to the kingdom of God, they open. The secrets of the kingdom of God are revealed. But Jesus says, others in verse 10, they, they see, but they don't really see. They hear, but they do not understand. See, they keep their distance from Jesus. They hear the story, but they walk away. They don't want to know. They're not interested in, in finding out what Jesus has to say. And so the doors to the kingdom of God, they stay closed and they stay shut out. Jesus' words in a parable, they act like a kind of filter. They let those in who draw near and they shut out those who walk away. And I wonder this morning for us here, what impact will this parable have on us? Will you be drawn in as the truth of God's kingdom is revealed? Or will you be shut out as the truth of his kingdom is concealed? Will you listen, really listen to what Jesus has to say or will you reject him and his word? And here's the sharp end of what Jesus is really teaching in this passage. When it comes to listening, what is really key is the kind of heart that we listen with. That is what is most important. See the words in verse 10. They're actually a quote from the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament. Isaiah chapter 6. When people in Isaiah's day, they heard God's message that he promised to save them. They just needed to trust him. But they wouldn't. They wouldn't listen. And the more Isaiah preached to them, the more they didn't listen. The harder their hearts became towards God. And so before Jesus explains the parable in Luke chapter 8, he is saying, take great care as you listen to my word. Take great care as to the kind of heart you have as you listen. That's what this parable is all about. 
And it's often called the parable of the sower, but I think a more accurate way to title it would be the parable of the soils. Because in verses five to eight, Jesus paints this picture of a sower, a farmer going out and sowing seed. That was a really common sight in the ancient Near East. A farmer just scattering the seed wherever it went. And we see that in verse 11, the seed is the word of God. And as the seed is sown, it lands on different types of soil. And each of the soil represent a different kind of heart that we listen to the words of Jesus with. And so Jesus is challenging us to consider the kind of heart that we have. What's the soil like in our heart as we listen to him this morning or as we listen to him in life right now? Are you listening with a heart like verse 12? Because I think what Jesus is describing here is someone who listens to him with a hard heart. Let me read verse 12. The seed is sown and some lands along the path. And Jesus says those are people who have heard, but then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart, snatches it away so that they may not believe and be saved. You can picture the kind of path that, that Jesus is talking about. Seed that's been sown on ground that's been walked all over. I just think of a, a golf course, you know, after one of the opens or something, and you've got all those paths around that everyone's been walking on. The fairways are lush and green, but then on the sides, everyone has, has trampled the ground down, and it's hard. It's impenetrable. And Jesus says, these are people who listen to him with a hard heart. This is how the Pharisees are responding to Jesus. Those religious leaders who think that they do not need Jesus Christ, that they're fine by themselves, moral, good, upright people. They hear his word, just like everyone else. But in Luke chapter seven, it says that they have rejected the purposes of God. Their hearts are hard to Jesus. They're unwilling to receive his word, to understand who he really is and to respond in the right kind of way. And maybe that describes you this morning. Maybe you're here, but you didn't come to listen. Maybe you're here because someone dragged you along. You're only here because you know that others expect you to be here. Maybe you've already decided in your heart that you're not someone who really needs God in your life. Listening to Jesus with a heart like that is, is dangerous because a heart like that is easy pickings for the devil. When the word is sown, he just steals it away so that the, the truth of, of God's kingdom is never opened up to us, never revealed to us. Salvation that Jesus offered is just taken away in an instant. And we, even as Christians this morning, we might listen here and we might think, well, obviously this isn't talking about me. I don't have a hard heart when it comes to listening to Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm soft and receptive to his word. But I wonder if there are parts of all of our hearts, mine included, which can be hard towards Jesus and his word. Times when we hear his word, but we struggle to accept and to put into practice what he says. Forgiving others, Jesus, really that person? I'm not sure about that, that's too hard. Trusting you enough, Jesus, to be able to give things away freely without looking for them back in return? I don't know about that, Jesus. Given in to that temptation time and time and time again because we're trusting that it's going to satisfy us more than Jesus Christ. Jesus says, take care how you listen because listening with a hard heart is easy pickings for the devil. 
Or are you listening maybe this morning with a heart that's more like verse 13? Someone who listens to him with a shallow heart. Look what Jesus says. And the seed that fell on the rock are those who when they hear the word receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while and in a time of testing fall away. This is ground which has a thin layer of topsoil on it. But underneath is just rocky ground. And what happens is in the heat of the day, the seeds, they germinate really quickly and then they sprout up and there's plant there. But but because the roots are shallow, they're not properly anchored in the ground. They cannot take up the moisture and nutrients that they need. And so in the baking hot sun, they wither and they die. And what Jesus is describing here is someone who has a heart that doesn't want to go too deep with him that doesn't want to take him and his word too seriously. You see, Jesus says there's this initial joyful response to the word. What Jesus says about life, it seems to make sense. His offer of life seems incredible, actually. But when the initial buzz fizzles out, and life following Jesus becomes more difficult, or life trusting Jesus at his word becomes more costly, they just fall away. Jesus calls it times of testing. And that testing might be persecution or opposition for following Jesus. It might be times of testing when we or someone we love gets sick. It might be times when we face financial pressures or we lose a job. Times when a relationship in our lives becomes strained and broken. And when those times of testing come, Jesus says... The person with a shallow heart, they will fall away because they never really were rooted and grounded in his love. And this is a painful one to talk about and to think about, isn't it? Because if you're like me, you'll know people like this, friends who once seemed so solid in their faith, family members who who seemed to be devoted to Jesus, but who now don't believe the gospel anymore, have walked away from him. It's heartbreaking. It's so sad when this happens, but the reality is this does happen in the church. And I think it's a warning for all of us to never get too comfortable or too complacent in our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's a warning for us to to also not just look for the spiritual highs in life to, to sustain us in the Christian life, the conferences in the summer, the camps that we might go to, the buzz we get from worship and prayer nights here at church, even just Sunday mornings, that is not enough. Those are good things. Yes, they are things that that will kind of give us a top up, but they're not the things that are the real markers, markers of spiritual maturity in the Christian life. The spiritually mature person is the person who walks daily, faithfully with the Lord through all of life's ups and downs and and everything in between. And so Jesus asks us to consider whether we are being rooted and grounded in his love every day. Are we abiding in him and his love every day? So that when the times of testing come, which Jesus says they will, our faith will stand strong and secure on the firm foundations of the rock, which is Jesus Christ and his word. 
Consider this as you go today. What disciplines have you put in your life to develop a deep and lasting relationship in Jesus, which goes beyond surface level? Ask yourself that question this week. Let's be careful not to listen to Jesus with a shallow heart. And then look at verse 14. I think the heart that Jesus is describing here is someone who listens to him with a cluttered heart, a distracted heart. Jesus says, and as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life and their fruit does not mature. The seed that's sown in this ground, it, it sprouts up. There's life there. But there are also weeds and thorns that are growing in this ground. And what happens over time is those weeds and those thorns, they begin to entangle themselves around the plants. They tighten their grip on the branches. And they slowly choke out the life of that plant so that its fruit doesn't mature. In the house we used to live in, in the back garden, um, right in the corner, there was initially what looked like one big bush. But when you look closely at it, it was actually a bush that was being choked by ivy and brambles. The ivy had grown up all through the branches and the brambles were growing over the top of it. And part of the bush was dead, actually. This plant was having the life choked out of it by these weeds. And this is the picture of what can happen to us as followers of Jesus Christ when the worries and the pleasures of the world choke the life of God's kingdom out of us. See, I think the people that Jesus is describing here have got a real seriousness about him and his word. They, they do desire to hear what he says. They even believe what he says. But their hearts are just cluttered with other stuff. They're just too busy too distracted, too worried about worldly things to really hear and really respond to what Jesus has to say. Yes, Jesus is one thing in their life, but he's just one thing among many things. And because of this, Jesus says they do not flourish or mature in the Christian life. And to be honest, I think this is the part of Jesus' teaching that I, that we as a church here at Village, that we need to pay careful attention to. Because we're all planted in Jesus, but we've also got lots of stuff vying for our attention in life, don't we? There are worries in life that we all have. There are worldly pleasures which we all experience, which threaten to entangle our hearts. Things that can squeeze the life of Jesus out of us. And, you know, some of those things aren't even bad things. But things that can just take over, like those brambles growing over the top. Or, or things that, that can just slowly weed their way through that we don't even notice just the hole that they have. The pressures of a busy family life. Being in a demanding job. Doing up a new house. Looking for a new house. Things that may, we maybe don't even realize the kind of hole that they have on us. What they're doing to us spiritually. There's also some stuff as well that, that might not be good stuff. The temptation to look for pleasure and joy in places other than Jesus Christ. The temptation to doubt that Jesus really cares for us. That he is the one who promises to provide for all of our needs. Really believing in him. If those seeds of doubt and temptation are allowed to take root in our hearts, 
those thorns and weeds, they can entangle us in sin so much that we can't even hear Jesus' voice anymore. That bush in my back garden, it didn't get choked by the ivy and the brambles overnight. It took years to get there. Those weeds and those thorns, they grew up gradually, slowly, deceptively even. And the vines of the cares and riches and pleasures of this world can do exactly the same thing. Brother or sister, do not be deceived. Paul says in in Hebrews 12 verse 1 that if we are to run the race of the Christian life with perseverance, with vigor, and with purpose, if we're to grow and to mature in the Christian life, then we need to throw off the sin that so easily entangles. And maybe that needs to happen for you this week, this summer. You need to, to do some weeding in your own heart. I never find weeding an enjoyable experience. Some people love it. My mom absolutely loves it. I talked about her a few weeks ago with her garden, but she loves it. But I hate it. And last summer, after many days of putting it off, I decided to tackle that bush in the back garden. Got the gloves on, and I I went out, and I just started cutting and pulling and throwing stuff over my shoulder. And it was a painful process. By the end of it, my arms were just covered in scratches and scrapes. But in spring just past, that shrub was flourishing. New life had been injected into it. There were even some flowers starting to bud that we hadn't seen before. And here's the encouragement to us. If you're someone who recognizes the need to throw off the sin you're entangled in right now and to throw off whatever it is that's choking the life of the spirit out of you, you can do that. You can. By the power of God's spirit, you can. Because when Jesus walked out of the tomb, after the third day that he had died on the cross, that was the moment when the powers of sin and evil were broken forever. That was the moment. And because he lives, we're no longer slaves to sin. Because he lives, we're no longer controlled by those addictions or those destructive habits. We don't have to be gripped and held by those crippling worries or those sinful temptations. Because Jesus has defeated the power of sin in our lives. So no matter how hopeless it may feel, or how difficult that worry or temptation may be to shake. Jesus died and he rose to life again to set you free. And whoever the sun sets free, well, they're free indeed. Finally, look with me at the fourth type of soil and the fourth type of heart that Jesus describes in our passage. Because he says that some of the seed lands on good soil. And look what happens. It grows And it yields a crop. Look how big the crop is. It's a hundredfold. Jesus says in verse 15, As for that in the good soil, they are those who hearing the word hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Jesus is describing someone here who listens to him with a responsive heart, a receptive heart. They have a heart that's willing to receive his word and to to understand his word. They desire to know more and they desire to put it into practice, to be changed by his word. They have a heart that holds fast to his word. That really just means that they cling to Jesus' word like their lives depend on it. What Jesus says is most important to them. 
What Jesus says goes in life. This person holds fast to all of his word, not just parts of his word, the nice, encouraging, comforting parts, the comfortable parts. No, all of his word, the bits that that call us to change, the bits that change our thinking, the bits that call us to conform to his ways and not the ways of the world that we see out there. That's what it means to truly listen to Jesus and the word that he shares. That's a responsive heart, a heart that's willing to be changed so that we bear fruit with patience, true and lasting fruit that that God by his spirit cultivates and grows and matures in us over time. And what is the fruit that Jesus is talking about here? Well, I think it's the reflection of Jesus Christ and his glory in our lives. It's becoming more and more like Jesus every day, displaying the fruits of the spirit more and more in our lives. It's seeking to share Jesus with others more and more. It's weeding out those sinful patterns of behavior and desiring to overcome temptations. That's what a good heart, a responsive heart looks like. It doesn't mean we're perfect. It doesn't mean that we're always gonna get it right. But it does mean that there is a real desire in our hearts for God's word to change us, for God to do the work that is necessary to make us more and more like his son. And listen, he promises that when we have a heart like that, he will change us. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, he is changing us from one degree of glory to the next. That word patience, I think it's a key one because we have to be patient in this. Know what God is doing, that he, his word, will do the necessary work in our hearts. If you hold fast to God's word for the next 10 years of your life, I can guarantee you that you will see the fruit of God's work in your life. And then you will see it for the next 10 years after that as well, as you walk with the Lord until the day you go to be with him in glory. If you feel like you're not growing as a Christian the way you would like to right now, the first question I would ask you in love is, are you spending time in God's word every day? Are you listening to his voice every day? Because the truth is we will not grow in the Christian life if we are not listening to Jesus and his word. It just will not happen. Listening to him speak as we read our Bible on our own. Listening to his word being preached as we gather here on a Sunday. Listening to him speak through others even as we gather as a missional community and we discuss God's word and we we grapple with how we live this out in our lives. This is how we grow. This is how we're changed. This is how we bear good fruit. I read a book recently called Deeper. If you've been talking to me, I've probably shared with you that I read it because it's unbelievable. I'd recommend everybody reading it. Um, But the author in it, he describes how we change in the Christian life. It's called Real Change for Real Sinners. And he says how reading God's word is like taking a deep breath in. Think about what taking a deep breath in does for us. It supplies us with oxygen so that we can keep living. It clears our mind. It brings a a focus and a perspective that maybe we didn't have. It settles and calms our nerves. And that's exactly what God's word does for us as we read it every day. It's like taking a deep breath in, inhaling his word, 
we breathe in what he has to say about himself. As he gives us a fresh and clear perspective of all that he has promised to us. And all that he will do. It gives us the, the kind of perspective and settledness that we need as we live the Christian life. Through all of its ups and downs. Here's the encouragement. Find ways this week. Find ways this summer to be in God's word. To be hearing from God in his word. This takes work. It takes intentionality. It takes maybe getting up 15 minutes before everyone else in the house does. It it, it takes maybe just thinking of something small that you can do every day to start this becoming a habit. I've got two books. I don't ever do this, but I'm going to do it. Two books. This one is just a short devotion every day. A short sentence from the Bible. And then Alistair Begg, he's brilliant. He just gives you things to think about in that. It's fuel just to get you going in the start of the day. I have two kids. I don't have much time in the morning. Getting breakfast, getting them out of the house. But this is something that is food for my soul every morning. And this, if you want to go deeper in Luke's gospel, these uh, books, the, the four you books, brilliant. Why not pick one of these up? Why not go and read this as you get into God's word this summer? Look, there'll be many, many things that you're doing already. Many things that I am not doing that you should just keep cultivating and practicing. Share them with others. Let's help each other in this. That's what we're here for as a community, a family, to help each other, to, to support each other. Find ways to listen to Jesus' voice. And as we finish, I've spent most of the time this morning thinking about that first parable that Jesus shared. But Jesus finishes this little section with, with a second parable that's also about hearing his word. Uh, it's about his, his uh, hiding a light under uh, a bush, bushel or under a jar. Uh, and really what this little section is about, what we see here it is a warning from Jesus, but also an invitation. A warning, but also an invitation. Look with me at the warning that we get in verses 16 to 18. Because what we've seen right from when Simeon, back in Luke chapter 2, right from what Simeon said there, Jesus Christ, he was going to be a child that would divide people, that would be divisive. Because there, his word that he would share, there were some that would experience salvation, but also some that would experience judgment. And verse 18 says, to the one who has received from Jesus, more will be given. The doors to the kingdom, as they approach Jesus Christ and move towards him, the doors to the kingdom open. And we can go further in to the blessings that we experience being part of his family. But to the one who has not received Jesus, to the one who has rejected him in his word, even what he thinks he has will one day be taken away. There is salvation for some, but there will be judgment for others, Jesus says. And if our hearts remain hard towards Jesus and his word, if we fail to listen to him, then even the blessings that we experience on this, this life that we have here on earth, even they will one day be taken away when Jesus Christ returns in glorious light. The danger is that on that day, when Jesus Christ returns, that we will be shut out from his kingdom and his presence forever. So the question is, will we listen 
and respond to the truth about Jesus? Will we desire to find out more about him so that we can be ready for that day? And maybe you're not a Christian here and Jesus is calling you to respond. Don't stay away from him. Don't turn away and keep your distance. Draw near to him. Draw near to him and he promises to draw near to you, to open up his kingdom to you and the life that he offers for all eternity. It is available to you this morning. If only you would hear Jesus' word and understand what he says and respond to him in repentance, turning to him in faith. These, warning, uh, these parables are a warning, but, but finally, they're also a wonderful invitation. Because just after Jesus has explained these parables to his disciples, his mother Mary and his brothers, they come looking for him. Uh, and someone, it's, it reminded me of like, you know, being in, in one of the housing estates and someone coming and knocking the door and calling for the, their kids to come out. That's what it kind of reminded me of. But someone then goes and fetches Jesus and he, say, and he says this amazing thing. His response is incredible. He points to his disciples, the men and women who are there gathered around him, listening to his word. And he says, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. It's not incredible. In other words, whoever receives my word, they are the ones who are in my family, my real family. They're the ones who hear and respond to the truth about me. See, the call to hear and to respond to Jesus' word is an invitation to join God's family, to be part of God's family, to become one of his, his very children, his beloved children, and all the, the blessings and, and the joy that comes with that. All we need to do is trust Jesus at his word. Trust him enough to obey his word. Trust him that his death on the cross where his body was broken for us and his blood was shed for us, that is enough for us to be forgiven. That is enough for us to be reconciled to God again. That's enough for us to experience the glory and security of his kingdom forever. There is a way for your heart to be softened. There is a way for your heart to be changed. But only if you come close to Jesus and only if you hear and understand and respond in faith to what he says. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you, the God of the whole universe, the, the maker of all things, you choose to reveal yourself to us through your word. Lord, thank you that in, in all of our uh, kind of rejection of you, in all of our um, walking away from you you have never walked away from us you pursue us you come after us you you want us to know you you want us to experience your love you even sent your own son Jesus to come and to take our place to die the death that we deserve so that we can be forgiven for all of our sins so that we can be brought back to you and know life life the way it's meant to be we can know it forever we praise you for that. We thank you for the truth of the gospel. And we pray, Lord, that the truth of the gospel would, 
uh, just seep deep into our hearts, that our hearts would be like the good soil that's open and, and receptive and responsive to what you have revealed in your word. That by your spirit in us, Lord, you would change us. Change us to, to be able to overcome temptation and, and the sin that's in our life. Change us, Lord, so that we desire to know you more and more every day. Change us even that we can live in a way that is pleasing to you and that, that draws others to yourself as well, Lord. Help us to do that. We need your help. And Lord, if there is anyone this morning who has not yet trusted in Jesus Christ and, and the word that he shares about himself, Lord, I pray that today that they would draw near. I pray, Lord, that even there would be someone, maybe someone they came along with, who, who would be able to be there and to answer some of the questions that they have. Lord, give that person the right words to say. Help them to know how, how to point to Jesus Christ. And Lord, may the doors of your kingdom just open and that person walk into your family and experience divine belonging forever. What a wonderful invitation that is. I pray, Lord, that they would take that invitation with, with both hands today and come to know the life that you've secured for them, Jesus Christ, on the cross and at the tomb. I pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.